you may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. What do these things want, and why are they here? You still don't get it, do you, boy? They have recruited the rich and the powerful. They're running the whole show. Wake up! They're all about you, all around you. Blinded us to the truth! Take a look. They are safe, as long as they are not discovered. I don't know what they are, or where they came from, but we gotta stop them. Stay away from me. Put these on. They have us. Look at them, they're everywhere. We have no other choice. I don't like this one bit. Leave it alone, man. It ain't none of my business, ain't none of yours. We have been lulled into a trance. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We're in trouble. The whole world's in trouble. Control us! You're sending some kind of signals on TV sets. I've got one that can see. Mama don't like tattletale. Now we start spilling some blood. Let's go! Push Come here to chew bubble gum and kick. And I'm all out of bubble gum. This is Ed Lucas, the MC at Amelia Island Concord Elegance, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Welcome, you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk, 1340.com, and you can see me live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater, messing with the microphone. Anyway, uh, don't forget to check out our website, golfstreetmotorsports.com, and you can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our our, our, pod, our radio shows, go to nostalgicradioandcars.com, and you can listen to all, I don't know, 690, close to 700. And counting. And counting. All right. Hey, good evening, Matt. How you doing? Fantastic, sir. How about yourself? No, hang on there. Hi. We got a good show tonight. Yeah, um, this, is, this technology issues that you hear us dealing with, or Robert dealing with, that's the joys of live radio. You get to deal with technology on the fly. It happens. It does. This is live radio, and it's spontaneous, or spontaneous, or hey. spontaneous, spontaneity, and whatever. It's spontaneously combusting on itself. Yeah, and I must apologize for the way I'm dressed, because I'm dressed like a bum today, but I was out scrounging. So, don't worry about that. We, we never and, do. And I'm quasi-groomed. But that doesn't matter, because it's all about the quality of the show. And to continue on with Rocktober, uh, it's kind of like spilling over into November and uh, Harvest Month. 
Thanksgiving. Hope everybody had a good Halloween last week. Halloween. That's right. <coughs> anyway, so, uh, yes, we, we're going to do uh, talk a little more music. And I think we may have a musical guest next week, and then we're going to get back into the hardcore car stuff. But now, let me just go ahead and um, num, 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 let you know on some of the stuff that's going on. Obviously, if you want to know where all the stuff is, you car shows in Florida, you go to flacarshows.com. However, in Georgia this weekend is Moultrie. It's a swap meet. Um, I think the week after that is a turkey rod run. Well, that's usually Thanksgiving weekend. Um, this past weekend, they had uh, the Sumter County. I always refer to it as Dumpster, Dumpster County, but the Sumter County Fair Drone, which is now owned by the people from Moultrie, Georgia. And that's usually a pretty good swap meet. Interestingly enough, these remote, these smaller flea market swap meets, usually some pretty cool stuff turns up there. Not like it used to, though. However, in Georgia... Alabama, Carolinas, some of the smaller swap meets, there's there's still some interesting stuff that does tend to pop up. Um, Florida is obviously a big tourist state, so, you know, when they've got a lot of people coming down here, the stuff gets scarfed up. Somehow, once, once this collectible stuff disappears, it usually winds up in collections. Now, over the weekend, they also had this really big auction. Well, I shouldn't say big auction, but it was up in Romeo, Georgia, which is somewhere between Dunallen, north of... Uh, Inverness and south of Williston, Levy County. And uh, it was a gentleman that was from California, and there was a lot of memorabilia there. And uh, some really interesting stuff. So if you're into collecting signs and oil cans and trinkets like that, and toy cars, I mean, he had vintage Max Box stuff there. And I I thought about this, and, and we, we talk about this on the show, you know, a lot of us are getting up in age. I just clipped another year myself last week. So now I'm the big six, seven. That's not how tall I am. I'm still five, eight. And yes, they stack it that high. Anyway, um, so it's, uh, we are, 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 are. It's another year above ground. That's the way I'm I look at it. I'm above ground, yes. You're, I'm, you're on this side of the turf. It's a good day. And I'm standing upright, upright, yep. upright. At any rate, so this, um, Guy had a lot of really, really, really cool stuff. Tons and tons of Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels stuff was selling, and there was some cool stuff, but mostly contemporary. But it was selling for like 25 cents a piece, and they were still in the boxes. I mean, this guy had enough to fill a toy store. That's how much stuff there. Now, I have a few, and where I'm going with this is that if you're going to collect something, um, my, I was always taught very, very early on as a little kid. We didn't have a lot of money when we grew up in Northern California, so my mom would always go to the thrift shop, and I think my first bicycle came from a thrift shop. I think my tricycle came from a thrift shop. My records came from a thrift shop. My tricycle came from a thrift shop. Once in the blue moon, well, other toys, okay? So uh, obviously we had in our small town in Centerfell, we had a monkey wards. And uh, so I went to Montgomery Wards and places like that. And there was a shop center down the road, next city over, Corte Madero. They had a panties and a Sears and all that stuff. So that's where I got my clothes. I mean, you could buy blue jeans for like 3 $4 back in those days or 3 bucks, whatever it was. But I learned early on because my mom was kind of into antiques and she came out of the Depression days. And if you're going to buy something, buy something that has some worth to it, I should say, Okay. Um, yes, we all spend money on stupid stuff, you know, and because you want it, and you can buy it, and it's kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. It's an impulse thing. In fact, I will tell you that this, since this was an auction, a lot of it was impulse. And um, 
So I saw people buying stuff, but the signs, the signs brought, and he had some really cool signs. There was one there I wanted. It was an old metal sign. It wasn't porcelain, but it said filling station, but it was an old metal sign. You could tell it was clearly old. It was seriously aged. And, uh, and and that thing brought close to $400, and there was a 15% premium on it, which is the juice, as they say in, in, in the biz, or the, the commission. And there was a number of porcelain signs. Now, I will caution you that they are getting very, very good at reproducing this stuff. Okay, so when you go to a lot of the car shows, swap meets, and stuff like that, there are a ton of signs out there. In fact, I think this month is Renegers. Okay, Renegers is up in Mount Dora. That's a huge, uh, I'm going to say, an antique show. Okay, I mean, get your walking shoes because you will be walking. Because up there at Renegers, it's uphill, downhill. Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot of vendors there, thousands. Well, maybe not thousands, but hundreds. Anyway, and uh, and I used to go that with with my wife from time to time. Not too much in the way of automotive, but just antiques. But every once in a while, some automotive stuff shows up there. But nonetheless, where I'm going with this is that there's a lot. You have to watch out for the counterfeit stuff that's out there. They are getting very, very good. There's a lady in Dade City, and I'm going to say, not Dade City, in Plant City, that's advertising these vintage gasoline signs. What's interesting about the signs, if you pay attention to them, and I haven't gone over there. I was planning on it one of these days next time I'm in that part of the woods, or that part of the world, I should say. Um, They're porcelain-coated. They look porcelain. They feel porcelain. They smell porcelain. Uh, Must be porcelain, right? Well, they're interesting. And, and, And they got some boogers on them, like gunshots and stuff like that. Well, they, I mean, porcelain, if you know how it works, you can tap it with a hammer and it'll shatter but when you look at the back every last one of them has the same markings same shatter in the same location so and 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 i've seen a few of them and i would i'm going to venture to say because of the price she's only charging 250 dollars based on what i've seen the real authentic signs go for at an auction 250 is pretty doggone cheap so I'm questioning this, okay? So then they have a run on them. But if you get on the Internet and you search, okay, you'll find this stuff. And they're not the only ones. So somebody's buying this stuff. Now, I know that when I was in um, Texas, El Paso, a number of years ago, and I was right across the border from Juarez, and if you see a lot of these Mexican-looking statues and, and planters and uh, uh, metal um, ornate looking kind of things well they might look and appear antique to you and these poles, light poles and stuff like that this stuff's all being made and cast in Juarez in Mexico and which is right across the border there so when I was in Mexico or in El Paso one time I was passing through on my way to Arizona uh, off I-10 I met this guy down there that was selling a lot of this stuff. And I said, you know, it's interesting that you have this stuff here because there's a guy in Pinellas Park, or actually down by, um, where is it, down by Bay Pines, that was selling the exact same stuff. And the guy says, oh, yeah, well, I'm the manufacturer of it, and I'm the distributor of it, and he's one of my Florida distributors. I go, wow, cool. So then he takes me out back, shows me this little thingy. Then he tells me where the foundry is, which I drove by, but it was, you know, I, I couldn't access it. And so there's a lot of this stuff that's out there that's phony baloney. Now, it looks cool. It's ornate if you want it. You know, it's cheap, you know, I should say. But, you know, my thing is, is that I will, like I was going with, where I'm going with this, the stuff that's synth- uh, counterfeit or 
of no real value goes cheap. The stuff that's authentic, genuine, people are going to pay a premium for it. That's just the way it is. Same thing with cars. You know, you, you have a real Shelby that's worth this much. You have a fake Shelby it's worth that much. You have a real Porsche that's worth this much. You have a fake Shelby it's, you know, a dime a dozen. And uh, so my and money is, you know, unless you have it where it grows on trees, if you're going to buy something, it's it always makes sense to just buy something that has some worth. So just keep that in mind. That's our philosophy here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars slash Gulfstream Motorsports. And it's and I see this when I when I when I appraise vehicles. But where I'm going with this also is the fact that these that, that you're going to see a lot of stuff show up because this guy wasn't that old and passed away. He was probably in his 70s. He's been collecting stuff for a long time. He was actually from Southern California, so he had a lot of surf stuff memorabilia. He also had some cars, but they were long gone. They already got um, and um, so. Actually, they sold some silver dollars there, and I'm counting the silver dollars a little bit. Well, you know, at, at spot price right now is twenty three bucks, twenty two, twenty three bucks. So, you know, if you're a dealer and you're buying, you're going to buy it around nineteen twenty, right? Well, these guys, I mean, this stuff, and and I'm not a numismatist, so if I'm going to buy silver, I'm going to buy it based on spot price. So twenty five, maybe thirty, you know, that would be the high if I had to have it. But, you know, it depends whether it's a Denver, whether it's a CC, Carson City, whether it's San Francisco, whether it's Philadelphia, New Orleans, wherever the thing might be minted, <coughs> makes a difference. But only a, news, a numismatist is going to know this. The average Joe Blow out there, you know, I mean, he might have Googled it, you know, and, and, and it might be worth this much. But, you know, until you get in front of a numismatist who who validates it, you don't know. You just have to assume it's just a silver coin. And, it's and you know, the face value is a dollar, but the silver value is, you know, it's 0.99 or 0.9. And you know whatever, silver eagles on the other hand are point nine nine. They're worth a little bit more, a little bit bigger, a little bigger in diameter, a little fatter, a little thicker. You know, you got to learn all this stuff. So and where I'm going with that too is, no matter what you buy, you better educate yourself because, or educate yourself as we say, because there's a lot of phony baloney stuff out there. You got to be careful. But you're going to see more and more of this stuff because as people are aging right now um, and and moving on, um, this stuff's going to kind of hit the market. So pretty soon, and then when 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 there's a lot of this stuff out there. Um, the rare stuff is still going to bring good money. The not-so-rare stuff is just going to be cheap, 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 cheap. So um, I know a guy told me a long time ago when I bought my Shelby, he says, look, whatever you buy today, if you can double your money tomorrow, you know, you're doing really, really good. If you buy it today and it's worth a little more tomorrow, then you're doing okay and you're on your way. But anyway, that's... Uh, that's our philosophy. Okay, what else is going on? Okay, so we got Bug Jam going on this weekend. That's over in Dade City. That's Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. Um, down University Town Center in Sarasota, we got the big, uh, I think this is the second. Is this the second Saturday of the month? If this is the second Saturday of the month, UTC has a uh, huge Cars and Coffee down there in Sarasota. Well, not only is it the second Saturday of the month, it's Veterans Day, no less. Well, then happy Veterans Day. That's yep. the 11th. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Saturday, Happy yes. Veterans Day to our, our veterans um, who are highly used and abused by our government that does not appreciate our veterans and what they do for us. So I salute the veterans and Happy Veterans Day. Um, Brumos Museum is having a big Porsche event this weekend in Jacksonville. And uh, there's one more event. I can't think of what it is. I think the Macan, which is the muscle car, and Corvette Nationals is also. Um, in a week or so, so a lot of really cool. Of course, just and then you got the Palm Beach Concourse coming on. You got the Windermere Concourse coming up. Just a lot of stuff. We'll be talking about all that stuff. We'll be touching base. But anyway, in the meantime, I think what it is, it's time for Matt, DJ Matt over there, to cue up a song that has actually been written by 
and produced, well, co-produced, I should say, um, by our guest that's coming on the show here in a little bit. And the title of this song is, Matt, um, Didn't Know... Didn't mean to fall in love. Is that the? Do I have the right one? Yes, sir. Okay, and it is by a young lady, up and coming singer, songwriter, Esther Dunell. So you tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back with our very special guest for the evening. I just got so much on my mind. I need to get this out of me. I've been holding it in for such a long. Radio and Cars. You know, Matt, I'm going to have to change that because this is when we do our music segment, which we probably should do what we used to do, which was uh, a, a musical riff in there is what we used to play. All right. But we'll have to. That's not your fault. That's my fault. Right. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back and you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. And it's time to introduce our very special guest for the evening. This young lady is from Northern California, Stockton, which is a couple hours north of San Francisco, to put it in perspective. Uh, not too far from Sacramento, not too far from uh, the famous Lake Tahoe area. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, singer-songwriter Esther Deneau. Esther, how are you this evening? I'm great. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Now that is song is a very catchy song. And you Thank wrote you. that song, correct? Yes, I did. So... Take us through the process. Well, first of all, let's, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, or for, from the standpoint of tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into music, and you know a little bit about you know how you grew up in Northern California and what was it like for you, and what was your inspiration to get into music? Well, I grew up in a large family. I have ten siblings. Whoa! My father was a musician, country musician. Uh huh. My mother sang, but he was always in bands, and he grew up with his father being, you know, playing music. So um, I've been wanting to sing since I was like five years old. So I started doing karaoke 
for like 20 years, and then I finally transitioned into live music, and then that led to meeting people that did songwriting, and then I would go to L.A. and take songwriting classes, and then from there, I just made songs, and it's like making your own clothes. Okay, very good. So, all right. So, tell us a little bit about the. Uh, um, so, when you were young and you were singing, did you? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a wild guess. I'm gonna. Deneau is a French name. Yes. And yes. most French are Catholic. So, I'm gonna assume you went to a Catholic school, perhaps. I didn't, but I did go to a Catholic church. Okay, so when you went to a Catholic church, did you sing in the choir by any chance? I did not because I was a little shyer ah. when I was younger. I would sing with my friends. You know, in front of my friends and stuff, but that was it. Okay. How about in class, in school? Did you have music classes? I did. Okay. I did. I took some. I took them in like I think fifth grade. I was in choir, Uh but I was still kind of shy still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. now, you're, uh, you're, I know your brother Lloyd, okay, and I know he's a guitar guy, and I remember yes. him telling me a story about your dad, you know, being the musician, and he had this beautiful Les Paul gold top, I believe. Or, yes. Okay, uh, which everybody's going to be fighting over that, okay? So, because yeah. <laughs> that's a rare guitar. So, yes, it is. But at any rate, so all your brothers um, play musical instruments, and I think they pretty much all play the guitar, correct? Um, four of them. Four of them? Okay. Four of them out of seven, yeah. All right, and of the girls, did any of the girls uh, um, pick up a musical instrument? Um, no, none of us have. Really? I mess around with the keyboard a little so I can do my writing, but yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so when you, what was the, so the karaoke, so you're doing karaoke for 20 years, and then you finally decide, you know, I think I can uh, really get into this, and I'd like to write my own songs. So then now you're in Northern California, so you go to L.A. to a songwriting school. How does that all work? How did, what, 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 what gets you there, and what do you learn in songwriting school? What do they teach you? So I had a friend who was doing songwriting classes, and he was telling me about it, and so I ended up going with him there. And um, they teach you all these techniques and all these rules and regulations and things like that, but I always feel like we all have something different to give, and... You can't really put that in a box. You know, you have to give what you have in your heart and your passion when you're writing. So, so like if they, if you were to, if you were to teach me, okay, based on what you learned in school, what would be one of the first things that you would um, basically instruct me in? You know, what what would be the first thing I would learn from? You know, what's my first takeaway from songwriting school? Well, it's a story, and you want it to be. You want the people to picture this in their mind okay. when you're writing the story. You want them to feel it. You want them to to see where you're. What you're. You want to paint a picture for them. Yeah. Okay. So, do they tell you to? Um, does it come from experience? Does it come from a book you read? Something you learned? Something you saw? Everything. Everything. Everything, Everything you see can be a song. Every word. Every line. I mean, once you start opening that that door in your in your brain, it just Everything you see is a song. Okay. You hear lyrics all the time. Okay. Lyrics are words, correct? Yes. Okay. So in songwriting, um, and let's say you don't play a musical instrument, um, how do you begin? What do they, do you, do, do you, because when we've had musicians on the show, you know, some people sit there and they grab an instrument, like I play the guitar, okay, so I'll doodle. 
and you know I'll think of another song and I'll I might modify it a little bit. I, I had to laugh because one time we we had a guy on here that was uh, a songwriter a long time ago, and we were talking about plagiarism. Okay, and mm-hmm. the subject of Jimmy Page came up. Okay, obviously guitars for Led Zeppelin. And there was an interview with Jimmy Page, and I think I read it, and where he said, yeah, we basically stole everything, you know? I mean, that's just the way it is. You listen to a song, and it puts a beat in your head, and then you go from there, and you might change a little bit. Yeah, now there's been some lawsuits over the years, you know? I mean, I think uh, MC Hammer got into one, and I think you had a little connection there. Um, Obviously, David Bowie, and uh, Ice 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 Ice... uh, um, Vanilla Ice down there. He got one. Actually, I met him. Okay, and we were. And we, he's actually coming on the show. We got to get him on. And, and uh, so, and 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 even when I when I doodle. So where I'm going with this is like your songs, like your latest album that are all your songs, all your songs is uh, in the moment. So if you listen to a lot of your songs, and just like your songs and many other artists. You know, if there are all the songs on the album, there's a li- you can see that there's a few notes that are, that are very similar. So where I'm going with this is when you sit there in songwriting school and you play an instrument, I'm guessing they tell you to kind of play some chords, play a riff, come up with something in your head. But if you don't right. play an instrument, they tell you to just write. So tell us how that process... You co-write. Pros- you what? You co-write. I, I co-write. Like, I co-wrote my song. Oh, you co-wrote I co-wrote your song. with, yes, with a musician. Okay. Yeah. So when you say co-wrote, does that mean you co-wrote the lyrics, or you wrote the lyrics and they wrote the music? Is that how that is? That, is sometimes, that? sometimes I wrote the lyrics, all of them, and sometimes I co-wrote with them. Okay. Um, so I worked with this one guy with four, uh, four of the songs with um, Mike Torres Jr., a local artist here, and um, we wrote those four songs, and we both did the lyrics. Yeah, but he did the melody. He did the he arranged it and everything. So All right, now tell us about that. So you're talking about the melodies, you talk about arranging. Can you take us through the process a little bit? Well, when we would write, he would come up with a melody, you know, and he'd play something and I if I liked it I'd say, Yeah, if not, because it has to like grab you, you know. So mm-hmm. then I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's the one and then I would say, Well, this is what it's about and I'd tell him and then he'd go write his part, I write my part and we can it together and he would arrange it all and then we just lay down the, the vocals and create the song. Alright, so arranging is arranging taking the notes and tying them into the lyrics? Is that what that means? Or is arranging when, based... Go ahead. Where the the chorus is and where the verses are go and, you know, what part would be the chorus. You know, and usually the main subject is the chorus. Okay. The hook. The hook. The, the hook. Yeah. The commercial side of the song, as they would say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so in the songwriting part, so then do they tell you a song has to be so long? You have to. Do you start out, do they say, and, and, and keep it in the form of uh, a poem? Um, do they say it needs to rhyme or it doesn't need to rhyme? Take us through mm-hmm. the process a little bit. It, it depends. Sometimes it can rhyme. It could just has to flow. It has to flow. You can't get stumbly with your words. It has to flow, whether they rhyme or not. But mostly, my um, try to rhyme on mine. But not all all artists. There's different ways of writing. Everybody writes differently. If you listen to different artists. Okay, so, so. how long are these songwriting courses? 
Um, I actually took, I think, about a few of them. It wasn't like a school. It was a class that they were giving, and okay. I went to L.A. to take it, yes. Okay. So are they, is it like a couple hours? Is it a couple weeks? Is it? Uh, like a couple, a few hours, okay. yes. All right. And then, so as you're going through the co- course, um, are, the, are there other, are there experienced people in there or is novice in there or are you all on the same level? How does that work? It's probably a little mixed, but mostly probably, uh, you know, new artists. Okay. But also, I met Clay Drayton, who was a, a writer for Motown back in the 70s, and he was actually in the class checking it out. And then he had his own. So then I took his class. Oh, really? Also, yes. So he wrote Love Hangover for Diana Ross. He was, you know, back when Barry Gordy where there's a group of them. And so he's the one that wrote the melody of that song. Interesting. So your first teacher, what was his background? What was he like? Um, It was Pat Patterson. And I forget the other guy's name. And he was a professor. Okay. At New Jersey or something. College. Yeah. Okay, and then, so the musician, so give us a little bit of a, a feel for how the professor taught and his influence versus the actual musician who wrote Love Hang, which is a good song, by the way, from Diane Ross. Um, was, there, was, there, was, there, was there a different feedback that you got, you know, a different, uh, the way it was conveyed, you know, like you're, you as a student, because, you, you know, when, when, a, when you have an instructor, a teacher, um, you can feel that they're sincere and, and you can feel their passion or right. they look at it, they treat it like it's it's mechanical. Do you follow me? So in other words, um, I'm, I'm guessing, so tell us, give us kind of like some feedback there. I feel like they were both similar. Oh, really? I think it's pretty similar um, because they were also songwriters themselves, so. Okay. Well, and, you know, they were just creating all the time, so. All right, so then you did that. You took uh, after his class, and then then where'd you proceed from? How'd you proceed from there? Then I started songwriting, and and I used I bought actually a couple of books off of of the first people that I went to, uh-huh. and uh, lyrics about lyrics and stuff, just different ideas, just giving you different options that you have out there. Okay. To create, because there's not just one set way. There's there are different ways, but you know, it just everybody everybody writes differently. So the the other the fifth song that I wrote, I actually sang that into a recorder because I don't do music. So I sang that into a recorder. I sent it to my friend that I met in L.A. who lived in Queens, and he he laid out all the music. He played every instrument. And uh, had it all ready for me. And when I went to Pennsylvania, I took a train in the morning until the evening and went and wrote and made a video and everything with him in one day. And so. So how long did it take to do the whole recording? You got it all done in one day then? Is that? Yeah, all in one day. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you done that with anybody else before? And I'm presuming that when you work with somebody that has a professional background, it goes pretty quick and pretty straightforward. Yeah, and everybody, like I say, everybody writes differently. Some some people write the lyrics first, some people like to do the music, you know. Okay. Um, 
so now you've got these five songs that are out there, and they're all very good. And you've got one on there, I think, uh, Living a Lie is one of them. Don't Leave right. is another one. And yeah, that's the latest one. That's 2018. That was not on the album. Okay. That was a single. That's the a last single. single I put out. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then Crazy for You, Baby? Yes, that's kind of thing. So what's it like? Now, these are videos. So if somebody wants to look up Esther Deneau and Google you right now on YouTube, Esther Deneau, and then In the Moment is your album, and then right. your five songs will come up there. What was it yes. like for the video shoot? Was that something that you had done professionally? Um, whose idea was that? And how'd that work out for you? Um, one guy I used for Just Another Woman, um, and that was just basically with me on the beach and just, you know, piecing me together different outfits and there was really no, you know, that was basically it. And then the second song was, uh, I didn't mean to fall and he's the one that recorded me at his place and they just do their thing or whatever, tell me what to do and, you know, it wasn't like a big storyline thing, it was more like just me being in the video, I say. I see. So they basically yeah. choreograph uh, chore- you? Right, right. Okay. Was that a lot of fun? It was. It was. Everything's an experience. It's all fun because <laughs> I enjoy it. So. But uh, you mentioned that the first video was done on the beach. Which beach was that? That was in Monterey. Oh, in Monterey? Yes. Okay, so that's out there along 17-mile drive then, I'm presuming it was yeah, in that area. Yeah, that's exactly where it was, yeah. Okay, well, I recognized this, the scenery a little bit, and I thought, wow, I, I said, Northern California doesn't look anything like that, but Monterey does. Right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, because okay. yeah, we have cliffs and dark rocks and stuff like that, and sharks. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, <laughs> lots of sharks. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, um, <laughs> Stinson Beach comes to mind, you know, from around the, around the corner from where I'm at. But at any rate, okay, cool. So um, who are some, uh, you know, over time there, I, I think you mentioned you went to the uh, one of the music awards? Yes, I went to the Grammy Awards. Um, I actually used to deliver mail, and I delivered mail to this lady who was going out with one of the blind boys at Alabama. And um, his name was uh, Jimmy Carter. Uh-huh. And so she asked me to go to the Grammys with her. So I went with the Gram- to the Grammys in 2004. And I sat next to Quentin Tarantino, and it was it was an experience. I loved it. It was really an experience. So. Now, who, who, you said this is, you said, what was the name of the band? Blind Alabama? Yes, yeah, I Blind Boys of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, okay. And Jimmy Carter, he just retired. Yeah. Okay, and what type of music do they sing? Gospel. Gospel, okay. Yeah, they're gospel. Yeah. How do you categorize your music? I'm more jazzy, poultry. Okay. Poultry, yeah. Um, on the music side, who would be um, an inspiration to you? I mean, what to, if, if there was a musical person out there, um, and let's just say you wanted to kind of like follow in their footsteps, who would that be? Well, what I really love, I love uh, Etta James. Um, I like different artists, so a little bit of everybody, I guess I would say. Okay. And uh, Marvin Gaye, his style, the, the passion, the, I love ballads. So, okay. And songs that you can feel. That's what I like to write, and that's what I like to, to Okay. All right. Um, like now, these songs that you did, this little album you've got of these five songs. So to market those, 
and to I mean have you considered trying to reach out commercially to promote these songs um, I go through I go through Syncor and they shoot it out to all the downloads and that's basically what I've done okay well, the reason I bring that up is because we've had a number of um, musical guests on our show back in the day, and one of them comes to mind, which is a band I like. It's out of Minnesota, and it was called um, Gypsy, and they had a song called Gypsy, and uh, Gypsy okay. Part 1 and Gypsy Part 2. And the gentleman that I had on my show was James the Al Walsh, was his name. Super nice guy. Excuse me. <coughs> and um, he was telling me that, you know, when they first got out there, they were trying to get their songs played of course this is in the old days this is the 70s now 60s and 70s you know they had to reach out and try to get these things on the radio i don't know what it's like today um with disc jockeys but i will tell you that what a lot of radio stations work is they buy basically program packages and uh and so they'll buy a, a package of let's say it's got 100 songs and 100 commercials or Right. 75 songs and 300 commercials or something goofy like that. So it seems to me that it would be very, very difficult to get airplay on a radio these days unless you're sitting in, you know, you're doing interviews like with, with us, for example. Right. And um, so YouTube um, seems like a very viable way to get, get your music out there. In fact, they were joking about that. when I was talking to um, a friend of mine who uh, is a musician and uh-huh. uh, and another acquaintance who we played a second ago, there Neil Young and Neil Young. We were talking when we were at one of the uh, SEMA event out in in, in uh, Las Vegas a number of years ago, and he says it's 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 not like it was back in the old days. Today's you've got YouTube and and all these these um, platforms that people can get their music out on, and they can get airplay they can get airplay and then if it hits the right person and 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 it catches on it can basically go viral you know so you really don't need to get used and abused by a record label or a manager as they say right. and uh, so I, I would imagine that you're kind of working in that direction Excuse me, I'm sorry, I didn't have a lot. Oh, okay. I said, uh, I, I'm assuming that, you know, that you're out there, like you said, and in, 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 in trying to get your music out there to, you know, on, on other platforms where people can hear you. And, right. Uh, okay. And I have been on uh, some, a few uh, radio stations, the internet radio. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've had a couple of interviews. So, what's the Northern California music scene like? Because um, I, 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 I'm, I, let me get, take a wild guess here too. See, and here, and I was telling Lloyd this, you know, because we were clowning around about talking about guitars and stuff, and uh, and he's pretty good, by the way. Um, he, we were talking about, you know, they have these, um, they're called uh, open mic nights, okay? Yeah. And, and in fact, there's one going on right next door to us this evening at the restaurant. And uh, so what uh, blows my mind once in a while is I'll be sitting there just kind of listening because I might go there and grab a bite to eat or something like that. And, and just somebody is sitting there. You, you never guess in a million years. They walk up there. They might have an instrument. They might play the guitar. They might play the keyboards. They might play the saxophone. Or they might just sing. And I'm just amazed at the talent. So do you ever go do any open mic nights or anything like that? I do a lot. You do? Yes. So the, there's a local band, Mike Torres Band, uh-huh. and the Mike Torres Jr. Band, and I've been singing with them for years at their open mic. And then they started just 
not having those anymore, but they still will call me up to sing, or sometimes I take the place of their sister when Christina couldn't be there, and he'll hire me to sing with Super. the band. And I've even learned a couple of Spanish songs, which I don't speak Spanish, but I do sing one of them. Yeah. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, good, good. I learned it. So. Okay. Who's... Who's the guy you're telling me about that's from uh, Marin County that you did some work with? Now yeah, that's uh, Now he's the other songwriter for Motown. What was and his name again? Clay Drayton. Clay. D R A Y T O N. Okay. Yeah, so I'm writing a song with him. I just drove over there. My cousin's in Menifee, and he lives not far from her. So we met up and we started writing the song. Okay. Um. If you had to give some encouraging words to one of our listeners that was passionate about music and songwriting, what would be one of the uh, what would be some advice you'd give them? Do anything you can to get seen, to get heard. Take take classes to to make yourself better, to learn more, to you know improve your talent. I take both. I've taken vocal lessons for many years. So, I mean, whatever you can do to make yourself better. And, you know, we're all unique. You know, we have unique sound. We don't want to, I don't want to sound like anybody else. You know, I want to be my own self. Okay. Uh, I want my own style, you know. The, you, you mentioned voice lessons. Tell us about uh, voice lessons. I've never, I've never covered that before, so that would be interesting. What, what, what do voice lessons entail? Um, scales, singing, just going through songs and critiquing every little note and everything so you know how do they how do they start you out do they first how you stand how you breathe everything matters okay what you eat you would tell me don't have caffeine no alcohol everything does something to your voice it changes you know so okay and uh you don't want to be screaming or anything and ruin your voice and there's just a lot of little techniques but i went to her for about seven years Oh, really? She was actually a music teacher from a school, John Muir School. Her name was Kathleen Farrell. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so when you go to for the for the voice lessons, do they obviously they analyze your range? Yeah. And uh, so then they say this. So if 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 you want to sing at a different range than what you're currently singing, they teach you that, and then or do they encourage you? No, this this is your this is your area. You need to focus on that ex- and expound on that. Or do they let you kind of trying to go to the next level where you really where you really want to be? You go on the notes and they see how low you go and how high you go, and they tell you how many octaves you can do. And then they, and of course, once you warm up, you can always do a little more. Okay. Because you're warming up your voice, you don't want to just go out there and sing as high as you can, you know. Well, let me ask you. I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but okay. So you had some guys that are out there, men and women that sing. And they sing very well, and then as they get up in age, it just kind of deteriorates. But then there's other people that basically just almost sing as, at, a, at an older age, sing as good as they did when they were younger. Um, what do they say attributes to that? Do they ever? Does that ever come up in a discussion? I don't know, but I think that if you strain your voice, mm-hmm. anything that you do to abuse your voice is going to affect you later on in life. Okay. So basically, in a in a singing class, or um, they 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 teach you how to protect 
your yeah. your your vocal cords, I guess, and and everything, so that you don't do that. Right. I got gotcha. you. Now let me ask you this: Do they is does practice make perfect? I feel it does. I okay. feel the more than I was out there singing, the, the the better I was getting, and the more and the more comfortable you are, and the more confident you are. That that all goes hand in hand. Okay. If you don't feel confident, you're not gonna you're not gonna put it all into it. You're gonna be shy or holding back. You know. Uh-huh. Or if you're nervous, you're going to be, your vocals will be tight, you know, you're, you'll be tense. you got to relax and, you know, just get into it, you know. Okay, so breathing is important. Breathing is very important. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned uh, when we were talking a little bit earlier that you uh, came in contact with somebody that worked with uh, the Grateful Dead. Who was that? So, Tony Saunders. Uh-huh. His dad was Merle Saunders, who played with the Jerry Garcia band. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And Tony's a very good friend of mine. Okay. And does he do any music production? Do you work with him at all? I, I did start to a while back, but then we kind of lost contact a little bit. And he does so much of his own stuff because he he has his own shows and everything. And it's been a little bit, but we're still you know we still can speak once in a while, you know. Okay. Well, we any... haven't connected then, but I'm sure we will. Okay. Any connections with uh, Santana with that band? Anybody? Um. Tony Lindsay, I met him through another artist, and uh, actually he had his own little side thing, and what he would do when he wasn't with Santana and at this restaurant, and he invited me to go there, and he allowed me to sing in there, so that was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. When you, in, 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 in the field that you're in, obviously you want to um, pursue it and get yeah. good at it. And uh, how competitive is it for it's you? competitive, but I think that we're unique, and it just, I'm not trying to sound like anybody else. I mm-hmm. want to be different, you know? Okay. I want to be me, and um, and I think the writing helps, too, because you not only have your singing, but you have the writing. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. And there's nothing like writing your own stuff, you know? Because then it's real. I like to write real stuff, you know? So... Not always, but most of the time, I do. Okay. Well, I uh, there's a friend of mine. Um, I don't know if he's... I think he's still around over there, and his name is Bruce Cohen. And he used to have Cohen Wineries in Sonoma. Oh. Oh. And, and uh, Bruce was also the original manager for the Doobie Brothers. Oh, cool. So he is, he is no longer managing the Doobie Brothers, but he is mm-hmm. out there managing... Other ta- up and coming talent. Oh, okay. So you might want to, if you're, you know, Sonoma's just down the roadways, um, an hour or so. So uh, if you're ever in that particular area, if if you can reach out to him, uh, just you know, find okay. out where he's kind of hanging out, and you know, just a, just a, just a, just a little something I'm, I'm throwing out there. You know, you never know, because well, yeah. See, in in any business. And I know Lloyd's listening, okay? Um, networking is huge. And yeah. we want everybody to succeed. So, you know, I mean, I'm not a singer, I'm not a writer, and I'm not even a very good guitarist, much less a piano player. But I love music. And I think music is just, like you said, it's it comes from the soul, it comes from the heart, and, and it does something to you. You know, it's just, um, I can't explain it. Well, you can I mean, I can't explain it, but you know what it is. You know the feeling. It's such a passionate thing. My dad loved, loved to play music. He loved it. 
and I'm right there with them. So definitely. So, at any rate, uh, so what's what's next on the horizon for uh, for Esther Deneau? So you well, you did these this you got this little album out you got these songs out and right. uh, what's next? Well, the guy that I'm writing with right now, his name is Kendrick Washington. He mm-hmm. was in the group Special Generation in the '90s, and they toured with MC Hammer. So, oh. my last song, November of 2018, is the one I put out. We have one actually right now that we just got a copywriting and everything, and we'll be able to put it out soon. And uh, so that's who I'm working with right now. And also, uh, my friend Tony Hodgson, who's the engineer of the studio, who helped me set up my studio here, and. Uh, I'll be writing with him also, and I'll be with Mike Parsons Jr. also again, and um, there, and then of course Paige Drayton from from Marin uh, County. Um, so I have a few people that want to write with me and stuff. Okay. So. Is it hard to hard to reach out to some of these people? Or no, they... because we're good friends. Okay. We're all good friends. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered writing? Um, scores for a movie or a play? Has that ever... Um, I mean, I always thought Just Another Woman would be good for a movie. Okay. It just seems like that would... I just love that song, so that was my first song that I put out. So. Okay. Um, do we have that... Can you, can you cue that up real quick? Um, just Another Woman? I think that's another thing. Maybe we can play a few bars of that before yeah, we... Yeah, hey, hey, give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, we might play that. That's actually got a nice, that's a nice song as well. Um, how, well, you know, here's one thing I was going to ask. Okay, so since your brothers play music, uh, guitar, have you ever done like an open mic event with any of your brothers? Actually, I haven't. You haven't? Okay. Well, my brother lives in Florida, and... But I always talk about writing with them because my brother Lloyd writes some awesome melodies. Oh, really? I told him, you're so good. I said, you're good. We've got melodies your... Melodies are unique. Okay. We have your song, Just Another Woman, queued up. We'll play a, about a minute of that here real quick. Okay. As you walk away Okay, that's a very, very pretty song. You're right. I think that would be a good uh, uh, song for a movie. Yeah. A love story of some kind. Yes. Well, Esther, we are just about up against the clock, and I know Lloyd's listening, too, and I think that's a very, very... um, I'm going to have to get Lloyd to to play some of his songs. Um, And then I think it would be really, really cool collaboration between a brother and a sister to put, I think put, put, uh, yeah, you know, and the, you know what? There's a lot of production studios over here in the Tampa area 
believe it or not, there's a lot of music production studios. There's one right here in Clearwater, not more than a half half a mile down the road from us. And then there's two that I know of in Tampa, and then there's a couple I know of them over in Orlando. So I think you guys ought to put that on your list of things to do. I, I believe so, too. Um. <laughs> well, anyway, Esther... Um, it certainly was a pleasure talking to you. I enjoyed having you on the show this evening. I and, and I wish you all the best of luck. And then uh, what we might do is, you know, maybe a year or so from now, we'll have you back on the air when you're uh, highly successful. Don't, don't forget us little guys. And, uh, and then maybe you'll be here in concert here at Ruth Eckert Hall someday. You never know. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Well, again, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgia Good and Car. I want to thank my special guest, Esther Deneau. Esther, good luck to you, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, sports fans, that wraps up another show. Um, wow. What do we got there? We got almost, a, well, almost 25, 30 seconds left. So we did pretty good tonight. But anyway, um, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget that you can check us out here every Tuesday between 7 and 8 p.m. on the Tan Talk Radio Network, where you can hear some great stories, interviews from some of the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports and music. So tell your friends. I want to see you guys at some of the car shows. Don't forget to check out our website, allstreetmotorsports.com. Follow us on our social media thing, whatever that is. It's kind of like Facebook, uh, whatever that is. Uh, nostalgic Radio and Cars, and uh, oh yeah, don't forget me, me, I'm the a- alias Boneyard Bob. But at any rate, we will uh, see some of the cars in the meantime. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. <laughs>